Greetings and welcome to The Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it is time to bring the orange yet again with one of our most popular returning guests, Kevin Rickson, our evergreen marketing manager. Kevin, welcome back to the show. Hey, Rob. Great to be here. Always love having a chat with you. I think we've done three episodes previously and very, very timely to have you come on again to update folks on what's going on with Evergreen and some of our new campaign activities. It's kind of an exciting time, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's always an exciting time when we're talking about Evergreen. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. Well, let's, you know, for folks that may be tuning in for the first time in a while or the first time ever, um, let's go through and address maybe some of the some of the challenge, some of the things that we've seen with legacy storage over time that really Evergreen sought to um, solve. Um, I think one of the first things that we hear quite a bit is around, you know, people like to use the term fork lift, but really it's about that transition period and the costs or the, you know, the uncertainty around costs that come from that along with the things that are obvious like outages. Yeah, I, you know, when you look at, okay, why do people need to upgrade their storage? Because it's not doing what they need anymore. It's either yeah. too slow or, you know, there's new workloads coming on or a workload that's exploding in popularity and data growth. And you're just, you're just pushing the edges and either performance is going way down or it's just not uh, able to handle, um, you know, all the extra data that's going into it. And so the way that legacy storage has been done in the past um, to increase the performance, even a lot of times to increase the size, that means you're going to have to move to the latest and greatest model of that storage. And that means, right, you got to bring in the forklift to take out the old one. Uh, and hopefully you've been able to move all that data over to the new one before then. But, you know, it's, it's a big, heavy lift operation, literally and figuratively. That's very complex, very expensive. Uh, takes a lot of time and a lot of resources, and therefore people feel a lot of pain around it. Yeah, yeah, certainly that's something we hear pretty frequently is is the pain around it, and I think also there's there's always you know the threat or the worry of hidden costs, right, that impact budgets. You know, you've planned, you've planned for certain expenses, or maybe you've just you know become so used to over the years of this three to four year cycle that you actually put that in the budget, but then there's times when there's hidden charges or there's things related to data migration where it becomes a big services lift that actually is another line item that you didn't expect for your budget. Yeah, and even if the old vendor or new vendor, whoever is throwing in some services to help out with that, it still takes a lot of that IT staff time. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who are coming up with, okay, when is this gonna happen? What, what are the outage windows involved? Uh, all that planning, and they're the ones that have to be there at two in the morning on a you know su Sunday morning. Um, you know, and giving up their nights and weekends for these projects. And, you know, when we basically from the very beginning looked at how Pure could change storage, that was one of the main pain points that we wanted to address. And we set about creating an entirely different, not only storage architecture, but storage company that didn't require that of our user base, that did not require people to have to go through such pain just to match, to be, to be agile, to be able yeah. to match yeah. the needs of their users. Because, you know, that, that's what IT is doing. They've got all these constituents, whether they're, you know, clients in a, in a company or um, employees, 
uh, customers out there, uh, constituents in uh, a federal or state or local government. You know, the idea is that they have to respond to those changes and storage, unfortunately, has usually been uh, the bottleneck to allowing that change. You know, compute, you can slap in a couple of more servers or blades. Right. Um, networking, you can add bandwidth for, through a lot of different ways. Storage, boom. If you don't have the forklift upgrade, you know, it's not going to be able to match the new needs. Yeah, and you make a good point here. I, you know, we've kind of over-rotated perhaps a little bit to when something gets at the edge of its life cycle and you need to just frankly update, you know, the whole array. But on our side, we're talking about the ability and the flexibility to upgrade things within the array, you know, software. And then those are things that are impacted. So even if somebody's not doing a forklift, there may be mandatory or mandated software updates that still can cause the same disruption and, and downtime or the amount of people that have to go in on, on the window. So again, it's not necessarily an end-of-life thing, but it's just sort of the, the standard operating procedure for some of the legacy storage is you have to make changes and do things to legacy storage in the middle of the life cycle that are still disruptive. Right. And when you look at why that is so, it's because, again, it comes back to that legacy storage architecture. What, mm -hmm. When we say legacy storage, what we mean is pretty much all of the storage, the major storage vendors that you know out there, they started in the world of disk-based storage and then, you know, started adding a little bit of flash as, as layers, what we call hybrid now, and then eventually, you know, went back and retrofitted those designs for all flash versus, and we can see why, you know, versus starting from scratch with yeah. an entirely new product. And why? Because, well, you know, then that means they are getting rid of everything that they'd done before. Uh, they're marooning a whole bunch of their user base and customer base. You know, we get that. But Pure was able to start from the beginning building out not just an all-flash storage infrastructure, but one that was designed with simplicity in mind. Mm -hmm. And not just that, you know, uh, what people would think of as, oh, okay, now I'm at that three to five year cycle, I probably need to upgrade it in some way. But, you know, anytime the need arises, and that's why we keep talking about agility, because, again, you know, people are used to that three to five year uh, cycle with legacy storage, because that's how those things are architected. It's, it's just very difficult to expand beyond a certain range, or certainly add a lot more performance into those old architectures because of all the compromises that were made over the years of switching from disk to hybrid to all flash, you know, and you, you can't just add a lot of new features with software because most of these weren't really made to be software driven like Pure is. So, you know, what I like to come back to is it's really all about the architecture. When you're able to build an architecture from scratch, that not only is designed to meet the mission critical needs of organizations, but also anticipates the fact that this is going to have to be an agile platform, just the same way that we do agile servers and agile networking. We need agile storage that allows organizations to match the needs of their clients. Yeah, and that's really what it's all about. I mean, that's what we can deliver with this stateless design is, you know, the, the, the bigger picture issue is, you know, some organizations have storage that's keeping their data in neutral. And there's just, you know, just things they can't do. You can't respond to user demands. You can't, 
you know, supply data at the rates the company needs to go innovate, to make decisions, to gather insights, right? I mean, there's a bigger yeah. picture type of thing that goes to kind of those big, you know, the big exec, the big exec carabouts, which is, you know, does it help me reduce cost? Does it reduce risk? Uh, and does it create value? Really here, it's really about the creation of value. You're, you're, you're held back from value creation when your data is stuck in neutral. So why not find a better way to go off and do that? Exactly. You know, you're going to find if, if you're able to innovate uh, and get your, your data out of neutral, as you say, and put it into hyperdrive, then, you know, you're going to be able to operate at much faster speeds. Storage is no longer going to be that bottleneck in your organization. And that means you can respond a lot faster, um, not only growing existing workloads, but, you know, now you can start taking a look at, hey, all that analytics work that we've been talking about forever so we can mine our data and find out uh, what our customers are really wanting or what other new markets that we can go into. You know, that um, a, an agile storage infrastructure really helps you unlock the value of your uh, data in addition to just not holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's um, switch gears and, and maybe do a little bit of a role play here, right? I mean, there, there's some, uh, let's say, churn in, in the mid-range space and just generally legacy systems that, you know, this year and beyond will be, you know, coming up for refresh and potentially that, uh, you know, forklift upgrade, you know, brought to IT management yet again. But let's go through and, and kind of brainstorm and, and think of uh, questions, right? Questions that, that if you're sitting in that situation, what are the key things that you should be asking your legacy vendor and contrast that with, you know, with the things that we can do. So let's look at the first one, right? The first thing is, you know, is, is your storage designed to upgrade and expand simply and easily? Seems like a pretty straightforward question, right? Yeah, and especially if that storage has been designed from the ground up for simplicity, then you would think that that should be built into it. Mm -hmm. um, and again, the trouble is with legacy storage, uh, a lot of times what you'll see is with all those compromises that were done, um, upgrades are anything but simple. Um, what we have seen as a, a platform that allows people to be able to upgrade easily you know, should be built more like how Pure is. We have a dual controller architecture and we've isolated the controllers in such a way so that, you know, just swapping those out gives all the performance benefits that would normally have required a forklift upgrade going to whatever the latest, greatest, newest version of a storage array would have been in the past. Um, so all the processing, the I.O., everything is controlled in the controllers, and yet the data is kept completely on the flash, and so those controllers can be swapped out, and then you never have to migrate your data. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a huge part to look for. You know, what type of controller design do you have, and does it allow for easy performance upgrade, um, higher amounts of uh, storage capacity simply by upgrading, you know, just one or two pieces of the architecture. Um, and then an, another thing that you need to look for is even if a vendor does offer, you know, controller upgradability, are those controllers going to be able to work with the flash that you already have and, yeah. and the storage media? There's often an incompatibility between those things, right? Just because they're different generations. 
Exactly. And if you're looking at a system that was designed from the beginning with upgradability in mind, then of course, uh, there's always going to be backwards compatibility. Um, there's always going to be a, a guarantee that your uh, controller that you upgrade to next year or in three to four years is going to work with the flash that you already have. So you, not only do you not have to migrate data, but you also don't have to rebuy your capacity. You just you know, uh, increase the performance, but everything else stays the same. Yeah. And uh, one other point I want to make on that upgradability design, you know, when a lot of the the smarts of the storage array can be in the software itself, that makes it even more powerful because if it's truly software driven, you know, all sorts of, um, you know, benefits that you can get from higher data reduction capabilities, uh, from new features such as added security or replication, et cetera, they can be added simply through upgrading the software. And again, if you have a system that was designed modularly and with upgradability in mind, you know, more than likely you're going to be able to upgrade that software and not have any downtime or performance hit during that. That's definitely how we're set up in terms of uh, pure. Yeah, and that's what I was going to add at the end. You hit that at the end. I was going to put that part on there as well, right? I mean, you can upgrade the software without, you know, without that outage or without that disruption. Um, again, think kind of, you know, smartphone right? The way, the way those things um, kind of work. Um, all right, let's look at our second one, our second Evergreen Challenge question. And really, you know, outside of just the outage that comes with forklift, there's also that risk um, that that comes with the migration of data, right? I mean, it's it, they're two, it's a double-edged sword. Um, but I think the question we would we would ask, you know, incumbent vendors would be: Does your storage allow your data to stay in place, right? And this is really an architectural kind of question. It is, and most of what we're going to be talking about today is architecture, because you know the the and the main reason I keep trying to contrast what Pure did versus legacy storage uh, vendors is that rather than being a compromised architecture, you know, this was designed from the ground up. And one of those was, let's make sure that data stays in place. Now, what does that really mean? What that means is the data never has to actually get moved out of the array in order to do whatever kind of upgrades you need, whether it's capacity add or uh, increasing the performance through a controller or something like that. Um, That data stays on the flash where it has been, and it's still available within the architecture. Um, That means that not only do you not have downtime, it's truly non-disruptive in the sense that it doesn't even take performance down as well. So we have so many pure customers and pure users out there who have said, you know, I didn't believe this, but then we were able to do an upgrade during business hours and none of our users complained. In fact, what happened was the next day they said, you know, what happened? My data is now coming back, you know, my queries are being run 30, 40, 50% faster. Yeah, why, why is this faster all of a sudden? What'd you do? And also right. didn't notice that you did anything. It right. <laughs> yeah. And they're thinking that like, okay, am I not receiving all the results? Did something break? What happened? Yeah. yeah. So that's a good kind of problem to have. Um, you know, and, and the idea with that is then is that means that there's no other software or services or hardware that's required to do this quote unquote non-disruptive upgrade. And we've heard that back from a lot of 
um, our users who have been looking at other legacy storage platforms is that, you know, that vendor may claim that they have non-disruptive upgrades, but then you dig into the process and you find out it meant that, you know, something needs to be moved up to the cloud or virtualized over here, and it may or may not affect performance, but it certainly adds a level of complexity to it that is simply not there for pure. I mean, we, we have plenty of customer uh, testimonials where they said, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I just unscrewed one controller, put in the new one, did the same with the other, boom, we were done. Yeah. Uh, that's simple and, and data was fully available. That's not just the controller design, that's also the fact that the data could stay in place all the time. And one other, you know, caveat I'll, I'll throw out there, um, the other great thing about the data staying in place is all the information about the data is there too. So for instance, you know, you don't have to rename the array in whatever applications were accessing it before. And that's another one of those hidden things where now someone is spending, you know, a couple of days going around to all the applications and making sure they're updated or worse, suddenly now an application is broken uh, because an array was upgraded and nobody told the application developers. You know, that's yeah. completely hidden in the pure architecture. That's how far down the line of you know, upgradability, the pure engineers thought ahead of time in terms of making sure this is truly an architecture that just upgrades in place and you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, I think intuitive is the word that our founder likes to use, right, is, is all those all those things that he learned about over time that were frustrating and challenging with storage that uh, that, that when he started the company, they that we we set off to solve, and again, it, it's back to that hidden cost thing, right? The the extra software, the extra services, in addition to being a risk, it's just something that you didn't have on your budget that you're now being asked to go off and do for the privilege of of running, you know, some type of new storage. You get to pay more to do a data migration. Why not just let your data, you know, stay in place? That that yeah. makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I love that you brought up our our founder, uh, our founder John Colgrove, because um, yeah. you know what he always loves to do at all pure events is hold up his smartphone and say, "This is how easy we wanted storage to be," and you know, Pure has been able to deliver on that for eight plus years now, uh, and in that time, you know, well over three thousand major hardware upgrades happening, actual controller upgrades without any downtime, uh, without any serious issues, without any performance hits, you know, that is a testament to, well, when you think about how you upgrade your smartphone, you know, you just press a button and everything moves over and boom, it's done. Um, the difference is that with Pure, you know, you can actually use the smartphone while it's being upgraded. Yeah. And I haven't been able to do that on my iPhone so far. So in nope. some ways we're easier than a smartphone. <laughs> Pure storage, easier than a smartphone. We'll <laughs> <laughs> have to be careful with that one. Um, all right, so Evergreen Challenge number three, and this is, I love semantics, right? So, you know, uh, other folks grasp onto a term that we like to use and then start borrowing that term. That's fine, you know, the whole imitation and flattery thing. But uh, the question we would ask, you know, your, your incumbent vendor is, you know, are your storage upgrades truly non-disruptive? And that can be for things that have been talked about in the past. And let's just say things that might be coming you know, this year, um, again, it's all about architecture, right? So when you say non-disruptive, sure, maybe there's limited downtime, but what about performance and what about other areas? Kev? 
Right, exactly. And, you know, we touched on that a little bit in the data in place. I mean, that's one of the key foundations for having a truly non-disruptive architecture. If you don't have to move the data, you know, then you're not going to have any disruption. But again, even those vendors that claim non-disruptive, a lot of times it means complexity. Okay, maybe you won't have to take the system offline, but you know, there's extra boxes, cables, interface boxes, expansion drives, all sorts of different hoops that are being jumped through that still require all of that planning. You know, oftentimes because of the complexity, people are not gonna wanna do it during business hours. So once again, you know, your storage and IT staff has given up their nights and weekends, uh, even though it may not take down whatever workload is there. Uh, it's not exactly something that you would want to be able to do during business hours or be able to do with just, you know, a tech support rep on the other end of the phone yeah. helping you through it. It requires a lot more lifting. And, you know, a lot of times it even requires um, professional services to come in once again, you know, and even if that those hours are being comped by the vendor, you know, they're not coming in there on their own. It still requires staff to be there. It's yet another project on that punch list that you have that keeps you from getting the things done that, you know, really add to the value in the organization. Um, and, you know, one other example that I've, I've heard recently from some customers of another storage vendor was, yeah, they, they, they can do fantastic um, non-disruptive upgrades as long as you're only using less than half of your storage array. You know, if you get above half uh, of the capacity and utilization on the storage array, oh my gosh, you know, now all performance is going to start going through the floor and, you know, and, and so they're constantly monitoring and we have fantastic monitoring tools at Pure, but, you know, we can drive to 100% utilization on our arrays with no performance penalties at all. Uh, and it certainly doesn't impact any of the um, upgrades or anything else that we do. So it, again, it's just, it's those little things, but they wind up being the difference because this wasn't something where I was asking him, hey, tell me secrets about your last upgrade. This was volunteered to me, you know, as a result of, yeah, it's those little things that they don't tell you. And that is what ruined our relationship with our last vendor. Yeah. You know? and, and, and we don't, we don't hear that level um, you know, that negativity out of pure users. They love pure because it, it truly has made their job simpler. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, right? Is, is helping the people that work with the, with the storage and the associated infrastructure to make it just easier for them. So they don't have to worry. I think it's the, you know, the worry free message is the one that, that I typically like to, uh, to, to get across. Um, let's, let's shift a little bit to, you know, kind of financing arrangements and sort of trade-ins, right? And, I think it's it's certainly advantageous when when you know people are sitting there with their legacy storage and looking at all right it's kind of at the end of its life cycle I've got to go do something what are the things that can incentivize me to go do that that make it you know a little less painful or kind of advantageous and so one of the things we we encourage people to ask is you know does your vendor offer uh, included upgrades and 100% trade in credit Exactly, because what we've been talking about so far is really that the, the technical pain, the management pain, the physical pain, you know, of, of upgrading these systems, are they going to be disruptive, non-disruptive, etc. Uh, here, there's another pain that's felt, which is financial. You know, are you going to be able to get the budget to rebuy all your storage again? 
Um, or if they are offering, I don't know, some kind of credit or something like that, you know, what's it, what's its real value, you know, and that's, that's a level of question that really needs to be asked of your vendors. Um, what, you know, I like to, um, repeat a story that I've heard from one of our sales reps, which is, you know, he used to work at one of these legacy vendors and, um, he realized in comparison what they were offering in terms of what they were saying was just like evergreen versus what he learned about evergreen when he came to pure was that it was like, you know, pure had written a book from start to finish and knew what the plot was going to be and developed all the language and it brought the reader on a journey. Um, that's kind of analogous to, building, you know, this architecture that we've been talking about for the last few questions, and then marrying it to the business and financial side of having things like uh, our free every three included upgrades, the controllers are upgraded on three year subscription renewal for our evergreen gold program. And that's just included completely. And then you can also do anytime upgrades with what we call upgrade flex, mm-hmm. uh, which does give a hundred percent credit for the controllers that you're trading in. So therefore you're not having to rebuy things. You know, you're able to project out what those costs are going to be. And you don't have to feel that pain of going back and getting more budget. Well, you know, the, the end of that story about the sales rep was that he said, you know, I'm realizing now that what those other vendors are doing is they're basically saying, Oh, I really like that pure story. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to change our ending now um, for our story and make and say, yep, we're just like evergreen and it doesn't match the whole rest of the, their book, you know, and and that's really what it's like. If someone is saying, Hey, no, 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 we're going to give you credit toward uh, um, upgrades in the future. What kind of credit? You know, I know one of our competitors, really what they're offering is the same as what they'd offer when they're in a competitive deal and they're offering to buy back that competitive gear. And it's maybe 10%, 20% discount. Really low. Yeah. Yeah. And that's on their own gear that they already sold you, that you already paid for that you've already depreciated on your books. And now they're saying, guess what? We're going to give you 10 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. That's that's not real great. Or it might be, you know, a promise of some kind of credit that you can use at some point. Um, but for what, you know, again, with, with pure, what we wanted to do was be transparent from the beginning. We want to be a business partner that you actually want to do business with. So we don't hide a lot of fine print or make you go search or wait until you talk to a, uh, storage, you know, rep to get the actual details or worse, wait until it's time for upgrade and then realize, oh, guess what? You know, you're not eligible because of this, or we're only giving you half of what we claimed in the marketing slides because of that. Um, our, our, all our terms and conditions are actually available out on our website. And it's about three pages long. And, and if I can make it through reading as a marketing guy, I think any of you could too. It's not legalese. It doesn't have, you know, uh, it's not 10 pages long with uh, whereas and, and things along those lines. So, you know, the idea is that um, investment protection is only important if it's truly protecting all of your investment if it's meaning that you don't have to rebuy your storage. Otherwise, it's a discount on a forklift upgrade. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love that analogy about the, the, you know, the book being rewritten or changing the ending or a kind of what flashed into my mind was, 
you know, you've got part of a script for a movie and you're filming the movie and then all of a sudden you watch some other movies and other things and then you kind of just, you know, change and add things in yeah. and it just doesn't match with, with the rest of what we're doing. And we do see that over and over again with just, you know, these, these subtle, subtle little ads into these programs to try to emulate the things that we're doing. And it just, it just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't match, which, you know, really leads to kind of the, the last thing that we would, we would ask people um, to, to question, right. Question about their, uh, current situation really is around, you know, trust and, and credibility, right? Which is, you know, does your vendor have a, have a proven track record of delivering on its promises? Because we know that things have been said in the past, they're documented, there are things that have been said publicly out there, you know, to the extent of this is the last forklift upgrade, or we will no longer disrupt your, you know, disrupt your operations with a software upgrade. And, and yet, we haven't always seen those things come true. And and the same time, you know, Kevin, you've, you've been a part of the, the success along with the rest of the company of delivering this program for, for multiple years and non-disruptive upgrades for tons of years and, and, and an NPS score that shows that people love working with pure. Yeah. And I think this is probably the most important question because what we've seen in all these other vendors, you know, changing the ending of their story uh, and claiming that they've got something that's just like Pure's Evergreen is that um, most of those um, stories have emerged just within the last two years or so. And in fact, I know of one vendor who's now on their third separate program in about the last, uh, well, changes to it, major changes in just about the last year. Um, and you know, what we always like to tell anyone who's looking at pure, uh, to ask those vendors is, you know, have them show you, uh, some of their happy customers who've used these programs or who've gone through the non-disruptive upgrades that they're claiming or who feel, you know, that this company is a trusted partner who is never over-promised and under-delivered. Uh, whereas with pure, we know that uh, we come out on top in a lot of those comparisons because of our users and how much they might not have believed how good the Evergreen program and how easy the product is to use and how, um, how much easier it makes storage and that it becomes not a bottleneck anymore until they became users. And then, you know, they, they love shouting from the rooftops. So we have the uh, top... Um, rating for flash arrays out on IT Central Station and Trust Radius and places like that, uh, where we're not in charge of those. You know, this isn't like case studies on our website. These are users just like you out there, and they are going out and, like on Yelp, just creating <laughs> reviews. And constantly what we hear back is, you know, Pure does what they say and the product is just simple, and we love Evergreen because it takes that worry of upgrading um, off our list. You know, and, and that's really what you need to look at. Um, sure, if uh, you need financial justification for it, Pure can always provide a very in-depth TCO. That's without caveats, and that's very open. It's not a black box thing. We can actually take you through it and put your own numbers into it. Um, and we've been delivering this, the Evergreen Storage Program just hit a, their, its five-year birthday. Um, but the beginnings of Evergreen, not even just from the architecture standpoint, but we first started doing um, controller trade-ins a year before we actually launched the program. 
Um, so, you know, we've got, we've got six plus years of delivering on these promises. You mentioned the NPS score. Uh, that's a reflection of, um, how much our users love pure and, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a real track record of being able to deliver on this. And the other thing is we expand Evergreen every year. We've added, you know, new guarantees or uh, even better guarantees. We've extended it to other programs and, and other products in our product line. So, you know, it's, it's something that we've never taken anything out, but we've yeah. added a lot more in. So it's, it's just added value that our users keep seeing. No, and I love that. I love the the evolution of it, right? That it's always kind of growing and, and there's new things. I mean, Evergreen, you know, the, the fact that we have Evergreen has allowed us to evolve into, you know, the flexible consumption model, right, that we have. Yeah. I think that's worth mentioning here just as an aside. You know, it's not really a, you know, here's a question in the Evergreen challenge, but, you know, all, everything we've talked about today is applicable to, you know, our new, our newest pure as a service offering, right? Which allows, allows you to go off and do kind of pay as you go billing and scale exactly. up and flexibility and, you know, very competitive rates and subscription based consumption of storage, which all has, you know, evergreen as the foundation underneath it that enables us to go and do this sort of really flexible OPEX model, which, you know, let's face it in the current, you know, sort of climate that we're in, in this interesting situation, right. having some ability to scale up and down and having the flexibility with consumption um, so that you're not just making yet another, you know, big purchase of hardware means you've got that flexibility out when, you know, you maybe need to modify things. Exactly. You know, so just to make sure everyone's clear on what we've been talking about is when someone wants to do a traditional capital expense, CapEx purchase, uh, the way most storage has been purchased for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and that's what the evergreen storage program is for. The architecture that we've talked about is for both. And that's, you know, I think the strongest argument in what you said of if we didn't have the underpinnings of our architecture and the experience with the Evergreen program, it would be a lot more difficult for us to offer a truly cloud-like as a service offering, like pure as a service. And again, that's it, it's powered by the architecture. So if you want, as you said, especially in these tough times, uh, pay as you go um, way of consuming storage, that's where we've got pure as a storage. And that that's a perfect, fit there if you're looking at uh, consuming it the way you know most people have in the past what evergreen does is make it feel more like an as a service even though you purchased it the great thing is you don't have to purchase it again the only thing you ever have to purchase later on or you know any of the capacity increases and you know expansions along those lines um, and uh, everything else is pretty much contained within your evergreen subscription so that makes the financial side of it simpler too yeah, absolutely. And thanks for that clarification. But you really did a good job of bringing it full circle back to, you know, it's the architecture, right? It's the architecture that uh, enables these things. Well, I hope everybody had a good time listening. And we encourage you to go out and uh, take the Evergreen Challenge, right? If you're sitting there and you're in a situation where uh, you're facing yet another kind of disruptive upgrade, go ask those questions of your incumbent vendor. See what kind of answers you get. Uh, see if you're satisfied with those answers. And maybe there's some knowledge now that there is another better and easier and more, as Kevin said, agile way uh, to worry less about your storage and not disrupt your business. Anything you want to close with, Kev? 
Well, I was just going to say for exactly on that point, we do have a blog that outlines the questions and, uh, you know, has some uh, cheat notes about the, the ways to drill in on those so that you can discover for yourself, um, you know, is your vendor truly um, evergreen or are they just trying to rewrite their ending? There you go. That's a good way to end it, to bring it back to the uh, book thing. Well, uh, thanks again, Kev, for coming on. Always a joy and a pleasure to have you on. It's always so easy um, chatting with you about this topic. And uh, if you want to go explore more information around Evergreen, go to purestorage.com slash evergreen. We've got that nice vanity URL set up for you. And you can dig deeper into all the programs and details uh, about what we discussed here. And thank you for taking the time to listen thank you for telling a colleague and uh, keep sending those topics and speaker suggestions in and we will keep bringing them out to you and with that we will go ahead and wrap for pure storage and kevin rickson this is rob ludeman saying don't look back something might be gaining on you